welcome, welcome to another edition of the Mexican Soccer Show. Sorry about that. We're already running late, and that whole thing took like 20 other seconds. So we're jumping right in because we want to. You made that video, time. man. I know, I know. <laughs> because we're normally when we get that in there. So uh, welcoming uh, Amy, who's usually behind the scenes in our productions, but she was called up uh, to uh, tell us what to do on, to like get mad at me, Senoja, on live mm -hmm. air television. And she can tell me right there. And obviously, Mr. Carlos Justis, you see him all over Telemundo, flying to get frozen <laughs> all over. And I'm glad that you're on, brother. So uh, first saying hi to you, Amy, there in L.A., in Great, Great L.A., Hawthorne. What's up? Also, half of the reason is because you don't you ignore my messages when I'm sending them to you through production. I'm like, we so fix your it's mic. It's hard. Said, it's hard. There's there's a chat up here. There's no. It's true. Here. It's true. Lisa is the worst multitasker in the history of multitasking. Uh, no, it's probably like second worst, but still pretty high up there. Especially when he's like in the zone for something. So half of the reason. I tell you right, I can't do things. Sorry, anyways. No, men can't yeah. do things apparently at the same time. We cannot. We cannot. Giovanna, I was saying hello. She was already on even before we started. She's like, hey, it's 7 o'clock or 6 o'clock. Uh, <laughs> where are you? <laughs> she's like, I'm here. Where are you? <laughs> yeah. So it's like, hello. We already got that. But Carlos, Carlos, uh, welcome, welcome. How's how's it going? It's good. It's, um, you know, finishing up uh, a couple of projects with baseball, especially here in the Bay Area. Now we're halfway through the season with the 49ers. So... You know, things piling up on top of, of having a baby soon. <laughs> man, man. So right now, you obviously uh, call for Chivas. Well, not anymore because they're gone, but <laughs> you don't normally do that. Uh, Telemundo, you went to Canada, right, to go freeze your butt off. And uh, I was in my little nice, like, bed, seriously, just listening to you guys just freeze. Them. And I didn't get to go, but, man, um, it was, I think it's still, even though we lost, I think it was a historic game to be at, so... Um, it's awesome that you went. And then 49ers, which all the things that you do with the 49ers, the call, right, in Espanol mm -hmm. with the NFL. Uh, I see with the earthquakes. Correct. Right? Yeah, yeah. The earthquakes and MLB. This is this is news to me. <laughs> well, we, we, finished, we finished with the Giants, and now we're, you know, gearing up also Warriors season. We were actually uh, on Friday for the game against the Phoenix Suns. At, uh, and four. you're doing basketball too. Yeah. Right. Renaissance man. Carlos, <laughs> we have here. Well, so glad that you're on. We could chat all about uh, today. We're going to chat about the logo. I know there's a lot that's been said, but I want to hear your takes, especially on the logo and see what uh, give us a little insights on. Uh, obviously, it's here and it's going to be here for a long time. And uh, talk Mexico with big game that's coming on Wednesday. I say big because I'm excited for this game regarding the players. Everyone's talking about Marcelo Flores. We'll talk about that. And then... We will talk about Liguilla, Leon, and Atlas. I think it's going to be a great final just because, you know, Atlas might have a chance. And uh, so all the people, all the No More Tigres, America, Chivas, all those popular teams went out, you know, Pumas coming in. We'll talk about the, the penal call. Saying hello to uh, Joey Carrasco, who's excited for Marcelo Flores. Marcelo Flores time. Acevedo time. Julian Araujo time. Yeah, you are right. We'll see. Hola. Cool, cool. Fernando saying saludos, banda. Saludos, banda. <laughs> here we go. No, well, it's all right here. Hola. Here we go. Saludos, banda. Yeah, there it is. All right, all right. So let's jump right in and talk about first thing. First thing is the logo. All right. I always talk about logos. And every time they come in, when I first see something like this, it's kind of hard to like it right away, right? It's different. It's something out. But uh, Carlos... 
I've seen obviously in your um social media, you know, you've kind of said that I think your official is like, hey, it's not like I'm not a hundred percent on it, but it's a logo that needed to be done. Yeah, I, I particularly don't like it, but I don't like it not because it's a bad logo. I don't like it because me personally, as my taste, I like things that are a little more symmetrical. So, for mm. example, the, the wing going out of the circle, that ah. kind of bothers me a little bit. But that has nothing to do with the logo being bad. That's just something that my taste of design, of art, will not be my preference. Um, so that's a problem I have with it. But overall, and especially also because the, the, I think the design they did on the, on the eagle, even though it's modern, it kind of reminds me a lot of the African eagles, like whether it's for Egypt or maybe for okay. Algeria, like it kind of reminds me of that kind of, you know, like Egyptian bird, uh, more than the Mayan Aztec that they, they were trying to go for. So that's the two things that I have against it, but I don't think it's a bad logo. And, and then at the end of the day, the other one was very convoluted and mm -hmm. and, we, and that was kind of like what my take on social media was that the federation had been looking for something that was easy, easier to reproduce because now with the new materials and new designs because we look at these things like these jackets from 2003 yeah. and these kind of patches are not very friendly with the new materials especially because they're trying to sell you the idea that every day the the everything's lighter right the jersey side lighter, the material that they use, the, the jerseys is lighter. So to put something like that, that it has a lot of detail, it's a lot more work and it makes it more expensive. And at the end of the day, they got to maximize their profits because, you know, at the end of the day, it's product that they're pushing out. Maybe they could do something that is really convoluted for the ones that the team wears. But then when you have to mass produce it, because at the end of the day, it's a product. If you have to up the amount of money that you're spending on these things just to create it, it's a problem. And the same goes with little applications. It was really hard to make it in little applications. Like that's why you never saw the logo on socks, for example, like even on the national team socks that usually went with the FMF or they went with something else because it was really hard to apply it. Same for pins, pens, that kind of stuff. There's a lot of ink and, and colors involved. It was not very friendly when it was monochromatic. You saw it usually, for example, the black jerseys that we had in the recent years, the one that had like the, the Aztec thing yeah. kind of last year. That was that monochromatic white with with black didn't kind of like you know shine the same way. So all those things pushed the federation to say we need to you know modernize it, do something cleaner, and they went with that. So it it, it is going to be a lot a lot more functional. It's going to be able to be put in a lot more stuff. But at the end of the day, like I said, like in my personal taste, I think if the wing was closer to the wing that we see on the national like the actual shield of the flag, yeah. if it was backwards, I think I'll be all on it. I think that's almost everybody that I talk to that is like, okay, not look, there's people that are like, I hate it. It doesn't, I don't like it. I like the old one. We should keep the old one. And I'm like, okay, but you've seen that we needed to change. The Eagles, I have a problem with. I feel it's not, again, kind of like you, it's not necessarily very Mexico, but more like it. I don't necessarily see an eagle. Like, I, I don't, <laughs> doesn't, doesn't scream eagle to me. But when I did see like somebody, I, I forget who it was, somebody kind of redid it to like a very menacing like eagle. It reminded me a lot of like America and Las Aguilas. <laughs> so then I'm like, okay, well, maybe they didn't want to make it too eagle because then it's going to be like, ah, the conspiracy, ahí está la América y Televisa and, and all that. So um, I think it's grown on me, especially when I saw it, for example, um, I think on the gates at the Federacion already. I mean, when it's kind of highlighted on there, I'm showing it right now. I thought that looked kind of cool. I saw it a couple of um, of applications already, I think on a Banorte card. And I was like, okay, it's it's not horrible. And, I, and, I, and it's going to grow on me now. It's going to be fine. And, and, and we'll see. Amy, to you, you're officially 
Do you like it? I'm going to put you on the spot. Do you not like it? You're cool with it? When they finished doing their whatever that show was, um, and then they they like <laughs> changed they they, they changed their it's just like I've been watching Dancing with the Stars far too many seasons now that this, the the lack of synchronicity and all that I was I was just like you know I, I was just like there's just you know where's I'm the support on the dancing not the logo. I was no, I was on a very real way. I like, I was, like as a viewer, I was like, "What experience am I getting here in this moment?" You know, like, and then like the the writing when they try to synchronize like Bastion and Orgullo, the G and the R together, and it really bothered me and stuff. You know, so, little things. But anyway, once that whole thing came about and they switched over their social, right? Because obviously they they do an announcement, and they schedule it. They put this one. I didn't really like this one at first. Like it felt very plain to me i was like eh. i mean i didn't mind the logo i just didn't like the overall color aesthetics that they had chosen for it but then same thing somebody posted this one and i was like okay i can see this one working and then they re-changed or like they changed again all their um assets online to like this green aesthetic and i really like this one like i really really like the way it all like works and fits together so i think after like the initial like shock of the presentation and everything i was like yeah it's fine Besides, I'm going to buy the shirt at the end of the day, so I don't really care. Well, it all depends. And I, I guess that's the biggest, that, to me, that's the biggest thing. It, once the, the green jersey the, the green jersey comes back and you have that mm -hmm. green, white, and red socks, um, I, it really, I, I don't really think people are going to focus so much on the badge as it is on the actual shirt or like the design of the shirt, because then we'll talk about that. Yeah. Um, and then yeah. To, to me, it's always what they're going to do with the with the away jerseys. I mean, for the away jersey for, for the World Cup, now we know that it's going to be that off-white color with black. So this kind of interpretation is a lot easier to make it all black, and it will actually look better. And if they decide to, there's also the rumor that for the, the centenario of the Mexican national team, which is in 2023, um, they're going to go with that guinda color, that, color. And that most likely will have a, a navy batch and the navy batch will also look like you know shine a little better so i think that's the advantage that you have with this one it will just on the application it will look a little cleaner yeah um instead of seeing like is this patch posted on no matter yeah. what color the shirt was yeah and i mean i you, you we've done um especially with the logos with with videos right we've done we've edited some stuff in production with with some of the brands with with tmj and we have to put the little video the the official logo on on backgrounds and it didn't see it i mean literally emailing like we can't put anything on there because the logo is not transparent and you can't change the logo because it's an official logo so it was always kind of hard to work with especially on that on a product although i will i will say i mean it's growing on me and i won't mind it at the end of the day if it's on the jersey and whatever they come up with but when they started putting their new um what is the word They're like the, like do the is putting like new announcements and stuff right with the new logo i'm like hey I don't really it looks weird. It's looking right now. Yeah, but it'll grow on me. It it that's the first time I saw it. I saw it on like Mexico Chile on the on the tour de and whatever, and I was like, oh man, it's there. Okay, <laughs> it's official. Carlos, yeah, Carlos, a question: Is the FMF keeping the other logo? No, this is the official. This is the official logo, or they just haven't updated the website then? <laughs> they probably haven't updated the website. Uh, that's going to be the official the official federation logo because now that now they don't change that. Um, yeah, Basically, because it's, it, it, it was, you know, the FMF and Federacion and always had it. And then it went to Pasión Orgullo on the actual, you know, logo. Now it just says Selección de México. 
Yeah, well, I, I mean, I think in 2016 he switched to Selección Mexicana. It said Selección Mexicana de Football instead yeah. of, and then they put the Pasión Orgullo like a couple of years ago. There, there's very minimal thing that's been changing, but since 1983, that's when they actually adopted the Federation logo as logo, as, as logo, uh, as part of the, as part of the shirt. Uh, I feel like before that, because really the 80s was when when soccer got a little more professional overall in, mm -hmm. in the whole world. I mean, there are certain other federations that always had it, like Brazil, for example, has been using the badge since it's in the 50s, the 60s, um, when when they really designed the Verde Amarela, right? Uh, yeah. I think that's that's when they did it. But overall, in Mexico, since, since 83 is the first time we ever, ever saw the actual federation logo on it on the shirt. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, we'll see it. Um... I always said ever since I was younger, I don't have any tattoos and like the only I, I'm really um <laughs> I don't know what I want to tattoo. Like I think it'd be really cool to have tattoo. I just don't know. Like every 10 years ago, I want this and I'm like, oh my gosh, that was really stupid. Dude, think, I'm so glad I didn't get that. But one thing's always constant. I'm like, if Mexico ever won a World Cup, whatever. <laughs> I was like, I'll put like the actual Mexico crest with a little star on my on my like chest. That's always been since I was younger. Uh, I can't do that now because if you're gonna change logos, it's gonna look really outdated. So that's that's gone too. So there you go. Good thing they didn't win a World Cup because then I'd be like, uh, I need you to update this, please. You so. could put the you could put the ego from the flag. That's never gonna change. Assuming they don't rebrand no, the much. flag, like Echo like in Mexico, or, super know. Mexican. It's all <laughs> I, I was getting like you know like the cool Olympic logo or whatever. I'm like, hey, we won the Olympics, but then you didn't go to the Olympics. Nah, I don't know. So no, I'm not getting tattooed anytime soon. Uh, maybe if we win the World Cup, I'll, I'll get, uh, you know, Marcelo Flores holding it or something like that <laughs> when we see that. Let's talk about Marcelo Flores. They're uh, finally, right, we've been waiting for this convocatoria. Um, obviously, before, about a week ago, there was rumors of, of Marcelo Flores coming in and being called. It looked like Tata listened to all of us on Twitter, right, saying we want new players and younger players and it's not working. He's like, I got you guys. I got you. There's a there's a game in Austin and, you know, we'll, I'll call everybody. Um, Acevedo's there, Julian Araujo, uh, Efrain Alvarez. I mean, everybody's there that we kind of want to be there. So let me give you guys um, the convocatoria. I don't know if you're able to see it, but here it is. It came out today. And um, excited about this game, uh, even though it's not a FIFA day. But these are the types of, of games where people say, hey, you know, these games are worth it because we're able to see some of these players. Not only that, it's this specific game. Marcelo Flores is able to play any he, any he plays. It's going to be really hard for him to go to another national team because he has to do a one-time switch. So, uh, Carlos, to you, notable players that are there. What do you like about this lineup? Is there anybody that you wish wasn't there? Uh, how are your overall thoughts? No, I, I actually like everybody. I mean, obviously, having Talavera to me, it's just kind of like anchoring that. I don't, yeah. think, I don't think there's another like younger goalkeeper, but having Malagón and, and Acevedo, I think it's mm -hmm. the right call. Those are the, the youngest. Somebody said David Ochoa, but... Again, I have my reservations with, with, with David Ochoa. I know he, you know he wanted to make the switch, and, and he's there, and he's, he had a decent uh, amount of playing time with, with Real Salt Lake, but I think Acevedo and, and Malagón are over him for... Yeah, for sure. By a, by a lot, at least at least right now. Uh, the rest of the players, I really like who he's calling. I mean, I overall... And that's another thing that I always thought with Tata. Like, there's a lot of criticism of, oh, because he takes this, he takes that. The first thing is that when you're playing a qualifier, you can't really make you cannot you cannot make experiments there. Mm -hmm. And and I always said it, you can have a player that is really good, whoever it is. I'm not gonna like throw a name there, but 
for example, like when they complain about who doesn't go on right back, it's like, yes, there might be someone that plays on right back, but even if Chaka doesn't give, give you more or less, Tata knows exactly why, why he gives him and, and where he can actually have problems. And you try to kind of like move around for that. But you cannot bring somebody who's not proven to play a really like important match. And then you'll actually, as we say, in, in even in, in show business, like, no lo vas a quemar. Because if you burn a kid, if you bring a 19-year-old and all of a sudden he needs to mark Alfonso Davies and Alfonso Davies runs by him four times and they score two goals, he's never going to get called again. And you're like, he's 19 years old. Why would you do that to him? So to me, that's the first thing of why you don't see these players on the qualifiers. But what this roster tells me and the past roster that also was full of young players that he called uh, for the other uh, non-FIFA date shows me that they're paying attention. Like the scouting team and, and Tata's group and Tata are actually paying attention to who should be on this team and who's the next, you know, the next blood. And I see, I also, another thing that I really like is that he has a lot of players that went to the Olympics. To me, mm. that's a normal progression. You need to have five, six players that went to the Olympics. And, and you see in there is Alan Cervantes is there, Ferni Beltran, Uriel Antuna, Cordova. Like there's a lot of players that were on that team. I particularly like the call from Luis Olivas, and not because I call Chivas every every week, but I feel that Olivas, since he came up, because let's also remember, Olivas is 19 years old, like 20 years old. So Luis Olivas came out of nowhere just to take the spot of two players that have been there, you know, with minutes, and he started doing very well. Overall, the team does is not cohesive, but he actually, I think to me, was one of the shining spots in Chivas. Unfortunately, he's a central defender, and he's not going to make, you know, he's not going to score, like, tons of goals and you're really not going to notice him but having him there having marcelo galdames and being able to capitalize some of these kids that are potential you know call-ups for the future because that's the other thing like i feel like a lot of people put a lot of pressure for in marcelo marcelo is a u23 player from arsenal he hasn't even yeah. broke on the first right. division team and we've done this before <laughs> we've done it with carlos vela we did it with giovanni dos santos we did it cesar villaluz we we try to bring these kids when they were 17 18 years old and make it a solution and it didn't work. And it happened in the club level. Carlos Fierro was called up to be the next Chicharito just because he won a U17 World Cup. And he's a 16-year-old trying to play against a defender that is 29 years old. And all of a sudden, he didn't score 25 goals like he was doing in the U17s. And they're like, oh, he sucks. <laughs> he's 16 years old. You didn't let him that process of making it to a, like, a more mature player. And I'm talking about making mature players at 20 years old. Yeah, not at 25, not at 27. When you're called up so young, when you're 16, 17, 18, 19, you're still in, in, on a development process. So for me to have a player that could actually give you minutes and actually be a solution when he's 21, 22, 23, you're actually looking at the future because that player is going to be there for a while. And I think that's where people kind of go, well, we see other, uh, you know, we see the U.S. doing it. Look at look at what Pepe is, is done. We've seen other um, national teams. Look, this guy's 17, this guy's 18. But again, they've at least played professionally and in a league, and they've had minutes and they feel themselves. And there's and there's a big thing there. But for example, I think Pepe, in the case of Pepe, for example, I think Pepe is not ready to be the senior striker for the yeah, men's no. national team in the US. But Gio Reyna is ready to be the main player of that national team. But we don't have, at least I don't see, I haven't seen him. We don't have a player with that quality. You see it with yeah. Gavi. Like, we're always putting examples of extraordinary players that we actually don't have. We don't have mm -hmm. an extra, we don't have a Kylian Mbappé. We don't have a Neymar. <laughs> like, we don't have that caliber of player. So, for us to actually put all that, you know, all that weight on one of our kids that could potentially be a really good player, but it's not a 
world class leader, I think it's a little unfair too. Yeah. Amy, to you, uh, how do you feel about this young, young squad? And I was trying to do the math on the average age, and then Talavera came in and I gave up. So um, I'm going, LA Galaxy. Hey, boy. <laughs> Yeah, that was that was a that was a oh, like the crest, a not so well kept secret. I mean, there was speculation, but you kind of assumed yeah. at that point that they were going to do it. I mean, there were even arguments with depending on how David Ochoa, of course, depending on the options that he was gonna gonna pick, could potentially also make the call up. But he's not; he didn't, and it's not the end of the world that he didn't. Um, but I am interested to see how much playing time from a Galaxy perspective, Efrain and Julian get. Um, and how they'll look in comparison to, to some of the other players that either just got eliminated from the Gia or anything like that. Because they've been off now, give or take. I can't even remember. When, when was the last time I was really mad? Um, but it's been a while. <laughs> it's, been a few, it's been a few weeks at this point, you know? So it is going to impact them in a way. But if they both have decent moments, especially for Arajo, because we already know Efrain on an international level at this point and on a club level, for Julian to make their transition, have this moment to shine, is going to be interesting to see in that regard. Um, but for Cordova too, didn't have such a good Ligia, obviously got eliminated and Tuna as well. Um, but it'll be, it'll be fun. I think this will be a fun game. Like we mentioned before, there's a lot of speculation on, you know, this game being played and what was going to happen. But now that we have these kinds of players and for Acevedo, I mean, I'm interested to see, like we're saying, Talavera's more there for leadership position, or is he going to actually be the one that plays, which would kind of suck. You know, I would love to see Acevedo get some minutes, um, but it'll be, it'll be fun to actually. In the, in the Charlotte? In the Charlotte, we were there. I don't remember who the peeper was. Mm. Dun, dun, dun. I, I, I'm with you guys. I want to see Acevedo. Everybody's been calling Acevedo. The reason why he hasn't been called before was because of injuries. Now he's mm -hmm. back. He's ready to go. Um, uh, oh, somebody, Fabian there. said, Galaxy last played on November seventh. So, yeah. So it's been some, it's been You've some been time. And I think, for... they, and then I think they went on, I think they went on vacation. If I like vacation, if I if I remember correctly, like a week and a half after that or like two weeks so it's yeah it's, i mean it's not been like too much time but it's still sometimes to not have action for yeah for their yeah they played uh that game we were talking about it was uh against ecuador in october 27 mm -hmm. that was the last time he had but that, who was who, who was, was the goalie, goalie? jonathan rosco okay oh but he brought three goalies that he wouldn't mm -hmm. bring anybody that yeah so i i think i think that that will bring out uh, um i think acevedo and hopefully give him, you know, give him the 90 minutes and see what he does. Um, obviously, the I want to say rumors or the talked about him going to um, Leverkusen, which we'll see if that ever, that pans out. Um, Apparently, yeah. he got shot, wasn't it? What didn't Leverkusen come out and say like, no, we're we're not. I think I think it happens all the time where they don't want necessarily they are coming out unless it's officials with clubs, but. Mm -hmm. uh, also, I buried the lead. Uh, Arsenal blood on the Mexican national team again. You love to see it. I just love the fact that an unverified when? Arsenal account. What are you talking about, man? A verified Carlos, Arsenal Carlos account. No, the yeah. Arsenal Academy verified account said, you know, by the way, Marcelo has been called up to that national team duty. I was like, there we okay, go. but you if you're acting like Arsenal blood is with the national team, like so, so that means that we're looking for the eliminated semifinals so we can be fourth, like Arsenal. Stop, Carlos. <laughs> God, Marcelo Flores, right? Everybody's been wanting to see this kid, and like I said, we're talking about it. Um, seeing him in the uh, in the tournament, I think he, he's definitely talented. At the same time, keeping the pressure of what this kid needs to do. I think if he has a good game, 
Um, people are already asking, you know, let's have him already next year. I think we just love to be excited because we want to have that Mbappe. We want to have as much as people hate Pulisic, him coming up, you know, at 16, 17, people are already wanting to be on the national team. And, uh, you know, this it's like they people want that that player for Mexico, especially when, we ha- when we've been losing games like that. But, uh, Carlos, so you, what's a good performance? And you'll be like, okay, what's next? Because – we got qualifiers in January. If he has a great game, does he get called up? I, I think that all depends on Tata. I mean, he because the problem is that he needs to see how he behaves within the group right mm-hmm. now. Um, whenever you have a, a player with so much, like so many expectations and kind of like that, you know, profile that he's a star, he better not behave like a star, right? Because he's still like 19, yeah. 18. And he's going to go with some of the heavyweights and compete for a spot. So... To me, it's more on how he's managing orders and how he's actually, you know, performing during practices. Like, that's really where the coach really pays attention. And then he will see what happens on the field. Because what happens on the game, it can't, you know, it's out of your control. You can see things where, you know what, he was in this situation and he resolved it well. But it's not about whether he scores, he doesn't score uh how the game the, the game you know again if they start losing then maybe like how he manages that pressure of losing and comes back from it there's yeah. a lot of things that you you can't really measure but you can measure how he behaves with you when you talk to him when you give him an indication when you tell him hey listen i need you to do this and then he does it like to me that's that's what they're really looking at in these games yeah and, and again how many people are in front of him i said i mean even if he's got a he scores two goals you know and the way it comes in i mean the pecking order of of getting to a national team and playing in the national team, you know, players like, you know, Kimenez, uh, for example, right? I mean, who did, I think, had a great, great game against Charlotte and wasn't called up for anything else. So it's like, I feel like there's a pecking order there. And unless this kid is like, just blows by and scores four or five goals and you're like, oh my gosh, we need to have him. Uh, and at the same time, the position that he's in, it's not like an easy position to crack in the national team. Because he would need the ball a lot. He's not a number nine where he's holding and waiting for a goal. This is a person that's almost running around and creating plays uh, and in the national team, he'd hard to crack. So I think if he plays, I'm, I hope he plays because then somebody other, so there's other rumors that he was just going to be called up to come to the bench and just hang out. So they need to be called for Canada. And Canadian fans are already like, no worries. We already know he's going to come in January because they love to troll us Mexicans. That's your fault, Lisa. I 100%. Uh, no. Just like... Even though the Chicha, even though the Chukulosano Chan is up for speculation about who created it, you created this tension e dynamic with Canadian fans. That is a hundred percent your fault. All they like did. Them. They were there. No, 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 no. I thought it was really funny when I read a tweet. Was it yesterday that said, "My sources say that Marcelo Flores is not happy with the Mexican national team and is flying to London tomorrow." And I'm like, who is this person? <laughs> it's a U.S. fan. <laughs> like, he's an MLS fan who just wants to start crap. I'm like, all right, let's get this out of here. Get, get these mentions <laughs> out of here. Um, <clears throat> all right, so hopefully everybody gets to play. Somebody asks really quick, is Chicharito time is on? Yeah, I think so. I think he's, as long as I think Tata's there for whatever happened, I think Chicharito's gone. So uh, we'll see. Hopefully we get to see maybe someone like Arteaga, hopefully next year starting to see but obviously this wasn't a fifa date so um uh i don't i don't really like asking predictions because we don't i mean the chile's chile's roster come out because i didn't really see anything coming out i mean this is a young squad even if we lose this game 
as long as the the, the, the players came in. I think, it, for example, for that Ecuador match, it was a good game, and we saw mm-hmm. uh, you know great players coming out of it. The scoreline, aside from being a, a crazy game and there was a lot of goals, it really didn't matter, uh, you know, going forward. So to me. As long as these players get some, if Marcelo gets player like playing time, we're good. He's ours. I think we're okay. But at the same time, um, you know, just a good showing. And, and it's weird because you also need to think like these team not playing together for for like what, how much they practice a week, yeah. maybe. Yeah. Um, I think the fact that they practice for a week compared to what happened to the team in against Ecuador, they only practice for three days. Yeah. These will be a little more cohesive. But you're really looking at how some of the players. That usually don't get called up are are gonna are gonna you know measure. I mean, I, I'm seeing some of the some of the names that were called at last time, like Eric Lira, Ferni Beltran, Santi Jimenez played, Antuna played. Most likely, we'll see a lot of those players. Um, some of others are not gonna be there, like Angulo is obviously not gonna be there because he's playing the final. Uh, Osvaldo Rodriguez, he got that red card against Leon uh, with Leon and same as Adavion Ramirez, and they had to you know they have to play with Leon, and the other one will not play, but will probably be there. So. There will be changes there, but also there's a big core of players that probably get the start that already played together, right? Mm-hmm. Like having Cordova maybe start Cordova. with with with, that, with Beltran and Antuna, like some some of those players. So to me, it's just how we're gonna see them individually and how do they behave in 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 those conditions w- with the game, because cohesiveness, like it's it's really hard to ask for that for a team that you know. Has never played. It, it's yeah, especially when you have like Aldamis and, and Marcelo that never played at that level or even met these guys before like they've never say hi to each other before they arrived together what three days ago what's your what's your thought on Galdames? my thought on Galdames? uh again i think like because we have such a short pool of players in general um mm-hmm. the more players that we can get the better because that keeps competition open that also puts pressure on players so they don't get complacent like there are certain positions in the national team that i feel that they're not at the you know, proper level right now, but there's nobody else. Yeah. So if you have somebody behind them, regardless who it is, that it's knocking on the door and saying like, hey, like you see right now with Hueso Reyes that is doing so well with Atlas. You see with the other Reyes from America, it's like, hey, make sure that you don't sleep because, you know, I might take your job. I That's that's to me what makes a, a good national team. Yeah, yeah. All right, all right. Well, we'll see what, what comes through. Um, again, we don't really do predictions. We'll see. Uh, we'll see how it goes through. Um, I'll be traveling over there mañana. I'm excited to see the Austin, new Austin um, uh, Q2 stadium. stadium. Yeah, the Q2 stadium. So that should be cool, and uh, hopefully we get to we get to see some cool goals and and that'll be the uh, the national team said officially it's our last match because I'm a little worried that they might squeeze another one after. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, okay, we're okay. All right, all right, yeah. So they said today our last match of the year. You know, whatever. All right, cool. Thanks for uh, making it official. Porque a veces, you know, they got to... I could see one. The 27th versus Iceland. The 27th. <laughs> all right, all right. Let's talk. Let's talk Liguilla. And uh, before we do that, Amy, um, talk a little Liguilla Mad- Mad- March Madness. Because oh, you're in yeah. the final. Wait, first the final. of all, wait, first, before we switch gears, Carlos, what in a scale of 1 to 10, um, how likely are we to have a Cade Cowell? join us on no uh, it's 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 very it's he left just... the, he left the door open he left the door open and and again this is not okay Cade Cade has been asked at least three times in the past three four months what he thinks about playing for the national team and he said he got the door open but then 
that this tournament that Marcelo Flores just won, right? He was playing against Kate Cowell. So he got called, you know, the U.S. took notice of that. They've been calling him. They actually calling. I think they're calling him to the, the U.S. national team is playing right now. He's with them. Um, he's on the senior camp. So it, it's very unlikely. It's just nobody in Mexico ever came and talked to him or, or you know, like really paid attention to, to what he was doing. And he has a lot of gaps. I mean, his physique is really impressive. Like, I still don't think, like, they say, oh, he's 18 years old. I'm like, he's lying. He's like, <laughs> uh, I'm just kidding. I, I love Kate. But, you know, he's like. My best description of, of Kate was somebody said that he was like a, he was like a, a teen movies villain. Like, yes. Just super especially tall and that, handsome. Especially now that, that he, when he dyed his hair blonde, he made it even worse. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, it's like, he's just so big and strong and fast. And, and you're like, that is impressive. But at the end of the day, and I talked to Matias Almeida about this, like, he can't hit the ball. <laughs> he has problems on his first touch. Like, there's a lot of things that Kate still needs to grow into. And when you don't have a fully-fledged player, you're not going to do that in the national team. So, yeah. it, you know, he still needs a lot of time to work with Matias. And, and, and he needs to have a coach like that because if Matias decides in December of next year that he's going to leave, he's going to leave a 20-year player that is not fully developed. And it all depends on who's going to come and how he treats him and what he teaches him. Yeah. So to me, that's one of the reasons why, you know, we're not looking at Kate Cowell in that sense. Well, we're not going to have a Cowell. But I thought, Jersey. I, I, I thought that he, uh, I thought he doesn't have the passport is for him to play. That, that too, because the other thing, uh, this is a conversation that happened. I, somebody was telling me about like, what, what did I think about having Kate Cowell in Chivas? And he actually can't play for Chivas. Yeah, he can't play. Because he he's... Parents are actually not Mexican. Yeah, his grand, his maternal grandpa. Correct. Yeah, maternal grandfather, uh, grandma is Mexican. The parents don't have it, mm -hmm. so they can't apply. So I don't think he can even. They can't apply. I mean, technically, the only way Kate Cowell could play for Chivas is if his parents, one of them, doesn't matter which, decided that said, well, his mom in this case, his mom was like, I'm going to get my Mexican passport. Mexican passport, right? And you're going to play for the national team. If he moved to the U20 of Mexico and his, his mom got the passport, then he could play for Chivas. Yeah. And yeah. that would be the only scenario where he could. Yeah, his parents need to become Mexican before he can even play. <laughs> so I was like, all right, yeah. Like, let's, let's worry about the, the players that can't. Uh, somebody also said, uh, uh, I think we should start worrying about Jonathan Gomez. He got called up for the U.S. men's national team. Right. It, it again. There's just so many kids that are, are, are Mexican American that they're on the pool that you know. I feel like we're having this fight where not every single one of them is that talented for us to have that fight. Um, and again, this is nothing against them. I think they're great players. But when you're talking about like national team caliber, if you want to steal every single one of them, like I said, you want to make your pool better and you want to make your pool bigger. But also, you can't put that much pressure on things that, you know, it will just take resources and time when you can't really call every single one of them. Yeah, I mean, exactly. your scouting should be a little more like Richie Ledesma, for example, is a player that I will argue you could, you know, try to convince, for example, he's played very little with the U S national team. He could make the one-time switch. Mm -hmm. He plays for PSV Eindhoven. He actually starts with the team. You know, that's a player you might want to call reel in, but some others, you know, it'll be great, but if they choose not to, it's also not the end of the world. I think at the same time, this conversation is like, hey, let's get everybody that's young that could be up and coming and, you know, and cap time so then they can't. It's like, you know, here in, in I felt like the U.S. was doing that for a little bit just to make sure mm -hmm. to see if there's any opportunities. And 
I feel that's bad for the player. So of course these players are going to say, Hey, I'm going to keep my options open. Hey, I want to play for this person. And they'll start seeing it when they go to youth camps. Right. Mm-hmm. So then those one time switch comes in, just like you saw Julian. So, um, so yeah, give the time, give them time and, and we'll see. And if they don't, Oh, well, we're all happy for Pepe. You know, he didn't pick, you know, he didn't pick Mexico, but are we Mexican-American? Are we? <laughs> are we? Are we? <laughs> no, I'm saying like, it's not like we hate the guy, right? It's not like, oh, you didn't. I'm, there are some messages that people went on there, but he scores. It's kind of cool. Like, hey, look, it's an Mexican-American that's scoring. It gives you a little bit, at least on that. Um, to the Mexicans I, I do an American's job. Yeah. I guess <laughs> it, 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 this is this is really hard because now that I think about it, I mean, I'm here like repping repping this, right? Because that's actually what I were. But I think about it, and I'm again, we talk about this. I'm having a kid not to like in the near future. Yeah. The chances for him playing for Mexico are a little slimmer. I mean, I might have some connections that could potentially yeah. see him. <laughs> but but if the U.S. calls him, I'm gonna be like, I'm gonna be all in. Like yeah. At the end of the day, it's it's those opportunities you have to take them, and you can't you can't really put your national feelings in the line. Like, you oh no, I don't want to No, you, you absolutely can, Carlos. As a parent, oh, I can one hundred percent. As a fellow parent, I can say you could absolutely put. Your- no, I I think because I even thought about it when I moved here. Like, if there was, I talked to my dad about it. If they had an opportunity for me to like be even consider on the national pool for the U.S., I would have taken it. Like. Unless you're that good that you have everybody coming to you and you can be like, so who am I going to pick? But that player is really like, how many of those yeah. really exist? Yeah, no, but that's that's you because you're actually a professional player, Carlos. So <laughs> like, like you, you can have that opportunity, right? In the only sport that I was really good at and I was like, cool, if the U.S. ever brought me to oh, the team in enough. the Olympics, I'd be like, yeah. Heck yeah. Like, I have no problem. Soccer is a little... I, I cried in 2002 <laughs> with the national... Team. What's, what sport was that that you actually had? We're not going to talk about it. Right, Again, I just want to... Me. You're going to make fun of me. So I already like, know. I just want you to tell okay. the audience. I said, I said, if I could, you know... But what bowling. sport was it? It was, bowling. Were, it was bowling. It was absolutely not bowling. Whoever it finds it, bowling. go ahead and tag me. If you figure it out, I will tell you yes bowling. in a private message. Okay. Anyway. I will also um, send you photos of him. Doing it. Swimming. <laughs> um anyway all right all right let's uh let's, so the national team last game we'll see who plays how many get called it'd be interesting because the qualifiers are going to come up in january we have three games coming up january into february very important games away and to at home um the home ones against with, with no fans Tata loses the one in jamaica and here we go you know it's this this now it's this is gonna be a very important game which is interesting to see how many of these players that get called up, you know, get called up to the national team, you know, replacing some of the players. I asked for example, Salcedo had an had an amazing, I think, mm-hmm. um, uh, Liguilla. You know, is he ready to be back on the national team? An interview said that you know he wishes to be back. He knew he was wrong, and there was coaching decisions. But at the end of the day, he wants to play for the national team. I thought he had a great Liguilla, and having you know, we were look look at our defense for the last two games. We, with players being injured and being out, having a healthy Salcedo that's doing well is one of our best defenders on the national team. But I get it. People want new faces. Um, we'll see that. I, I can't wait for Angulo, too. I think Tata really likes him. So we'll see. We'll see Angulo, John, uh, Sarmontes. And if Salcedo can come back and have that leadership and not be so. To me, I really like that. If he could, I mean, it's two lefties, which is strange, mm. but having, having Angulo and Johan together. 
like in the Olympics, I, you know, I, I wouldn't mind just having that. In that Charlotte game, Tata really, really liked Angulo from, from what I was told. All right, let's talk Liguilla for all the craziness. Oh, wait, wait, our madness, Amy. Liguilla madness. Tell us who's in. You're in. So we saw you. I did what Leon did in the second leg. I came out and I got four out of a possible six points to turn it around and secure my spot in the final over Tigres English. That's right. I went ahead and also defeated Tigres 5-3. So I've made my way into the final. We saw, however, like Bumas, just couldn't get one at the final, at the final end of the match. And Hercules Gomez went ahead and Alo Atlas, as he put it, has secured his place <laughs> in the Liga Madness final in his first showing in the bracket. So it'll be me against Hercules Gomez. Um, I will you probably... Know, you know he's if he wins, he'll never hear the end of it. Like, Herc likes to... He's a bad winner. All it does is secure this U.S. soccer thing going on this year about that's weird and everything. <laughs> but U.S. soccer beating Mexico and everything. Just U.S. soccer beating Herc Mexico beat and, Amy just, in the, in and the, everything. The madness, it's... I just I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna I'm not gonna share my tactics on air for him to come and review later. I just hope certain <laughs> things happen so that other things can happen so that I can win. Okay, yeah. that's all I'm gonna say. Got it, got it. We do have a trophy. Uh, Cesar is at Cesar's house. And it's oh, I got to trophy. see it in Tijuana. I mean, I stopped by Cesar's house before I headed to Tijuana for the feminine matches. And it's very, very nice. I really so like we it. Go. We get to actually mail it to you. So if you win. Or we mail it to Herc and he'll never like bring it, like, give it back to us. <laughs> well, why would he give it back to us? Oh, isn't that? It's a, it's, a, it's, it's a trophy for every year? Yeah, he gets to keep That's it. That's the same trophy? Oh, no, no. I got my tro- I got my retro. I we I, know, I don't have any trophies. trophies. I oh yeah, times. he has to. He has to mail it to you. Okay. All right. Fine. Yeah. You have. All I right, think Liguilla. you have three trophies waiting for you. So. Okay. Good. I could showcase them. Liguilla. By the way, Carlos, I'm sorry that uh, you pulled the Chivas and were eliminated in the Rapacha. Uh, it's okay. <laughs> I, w- I went. I went with Ana Yurka, so uh, I can live with that. <laughs> <laughs> and Mariano right. Trujillo. So. We, all the three of us got eliminated. That's true. Herc was the so. only big time name that advanced to to the right into the to Ligia. So these guys know this is though. All right. Um, I know we we have time. Obviously, Leon versus Atlas, and we have here um, Jueves 9 de Diciembre, as you can see, and the new camp in Leon, and La Vuelta in in, in Jalisco, which is going to be madness. Already hearing some some news of some some pretty bad stuff that happened with the with La Taquilla and Revendedores over there in Jalisco well, with some shots being fired, just the craziness. But uh, really quick, the two teams that are there, Carlos, uh, I know that there's some, some, you know, some calls, some the red cards, if it was a penalty or not, but how fair is it to say that, you know, people were talking about these, these teams that are coming in, the Panzazo from a repechaje, but uh, to me, I even I'll, I'll take it because I'm a Leon fan, but Atlas Leon, a pretty exciting final. The two best teams, I would say. Not, not only that, but I, I think if you really look at the numbers, the times that a number eight, number nine, and especially, I mean, lately it hasn't even happened, but the fact that like a number eight played Liguilla and made it all the way to the final and won it was very slim. I think, I think the, last time, the last one. The last time I made the, I actually made the exercise of like going through the numbers and looking at it. The position that won the most tournaments was third. 
So if mm. you qualify for Liguilla since 1996 in third or fourth place, uh, they made the final like 27% of the time. And yeah. third places were the, the most winning place in, in Liguilla. Then you have second places and first places. So it's kind of like if the first three of any tournament are always winning, does it really matter how many teams you have? The problem is, the, to me, the problem with the repechaje is not the actual repechaje because it, as we see, it kind of weeds out itself and you have the best teams continue to be the best teams and make it to the final. The problem is that it makes the regular season uninteresting because you can have mm. a team like Pumas who has a horrible season and plays like eight, nine games horribly and still makes it. Uh, to me, that's kind of like where where that comes in. Like you can only win, you, you need to win five games in the whole tournament to make it. But also the tournament's really short because when I think about mm -hmm. it, like when you think about it, they're like, oh, I'd much rather. I'm like, so let's say as an example, we have a long tournament like in Europe and you have 38 games. Will you really sustain the pain of watching 38 weeks of the same level of soccer that we have in Mexico on the regular season? Would it be the same level of soccer? For it would. Weeks? It would because <laughs> yeah, it, I have no hope. It would absolutely. Be. It would. It would be because what pro the problem is if you have a team like America this season or Leon or Atlas and they start taking off. So then why are you playing for? If I'm the 10th place and there's no relegation and there's nothing for me to compete yeah. for the fourth place. But things, but like things proceed, certain things from happening. So like in theory, if you had a 38 week system, you wouldn't necessarily ever get rid of pro rel. In, in I, theory. It, but the thing in, in, in practice, and in, in it happens in the European leagues, because a lot of people, oh, it's a lot more interesting. No, when you watch the Spanish league, you're watching Real Madrid and Barcelona on the weekend. You don't watch Malaga against Sevilla or Malaga and Rayo Vallecano. You we want to apologize to our Malaga, Mexico. I watch Real Betis games every but, weekend. But you watch Real Betis because the Mexicans are in there. <laughs> uh, in, in Again, general, we apologize to any Malaga fan listeners that we no, have. No, but, but it's true. Uh, I'm no, talking about outsiders. I mean, you can make the exact same argument in a way right now, right? With what we're having with the Liga MX Feminine is like at some point we're going to get redundant where, why are we playing it? But I mean, that's still a Liga system. We're not in a 38 week yeah, system. But it, to me, it's a little, but for example, like, that's why the Premier League tends to be a little more exciting because you have the six, you know, the six top teams is at least six of them. But when Brighton, Brighton is playing against Bournemouth, it, it, it gets to like, why are they playing for it? And he really takes the team. Hey, they score some bangers every team. now and then. Well, that's what I'm I really saying. thought you said Boromir. I was like, are you just making up? Bournemouth, Bournemouth. <laughs> but the, the, problem, the problem in Mexico is that teams are not going to do that. Because yeah. to me, that's the same thing. It's like, that's why Europe is more exciting. Because they kind of have, they have the relegation. They have the spots in Europe. If you end up higher, you get some, you know, there's financial incentives. In Mexico, it's really just to see who's the champion. We're going to see the same. And then at the, on the other hand, you cannot say like, oh, it's horrible, but it's like, it's only 17 weeks. So if you really start slow and you don't win five games, all of a sudden you say like, oh, what a mediocre tournament they had. It's like, they literally just play bad for five games out of 17. Yeah. <laughs> it's just that it feels like it was forever. But I really enjoy the fact that, you know, the, the second and third team are there. I, I'm obviously, as a Pumas fan, was a little heartbroken. And the fact that they could even make it to the semifinal was like, wait, are they really going to play a final? Then they score yesterday and it's like, are they really going to play Leon again in a year with this team? Like, what is this? Um, but at the end of the day, like, again, like, I'm really excited. It's, it's the second or third. And, and, and the Liguilla game has been exciting. I mean, yesterday, even with all the madness that happened in the match, uh, I still think it was exciting. Was it a penal to you guys? I, I think it was. Yes. I say yes. yes. 
Yes. I think I, I mean that's what VAR is for, and I'm just kind of like, well, I think we're all seeing it. I mean, no, Carlos had case, Carlos had a good Carlos had a good make a case that maybe you know he was jumping out, but that's what it's for. It's not, not necessarily intentional or not. Because you had a good thing, explanation, didn't you? Carlos is there, and he made a choice in real time. That's the yeah, real time. There's no the, way. The thing is that you have to do it in real time, and the problem is that FIFA and this I learned this very recently. Um, there's they took intentionality out of the rule book. So they have completely took intentionality out of the windows. Like let's not talk about intentionality. Now we're gonna talk about how high you're placing those hands. So mm -hmm. in this case, in my perception, and this is where it comes because at the end of the day, it's not being perception for the referee. In my perception, that hand shouldn't have been there. He's not doing yeah. that movement to jump. He's doing that movement to avoid the forward from getting there. And then the, the Neno gets pushed by the other defender and so being on the on the elbow, and the elbow goes straight to the face. So to me, that's why he should have been called. But that's my perception of it. The other thing is the hand is actually not that high. The Neno is making for that ball lower than his level on the head. He's not jumping up for that ball. He's reaching forward for that ball. So the hand, even though it's stretched out, it's not at a level where it's actually high enough for you to argue that that hand went straight to the face or went up. That hand went forward. Bro, so put it on full screen. But that's that's exactly where where the controversy comes. And you're gonna see that that one's that one's the best one. You see, like he's jumping for that ball, but then it's moving forward. So it's not that it's not only that the hand is going to the face; it's it's both going to the same place at the same time. And that's yeah. why. He decided not to call it, and unfortunately, because of how the rule book is, that is also correct. But he also could could have said, "Listen, he's actually reaching out." Because what's weird about this rule, and and that's what's so weird about soccer, if that ball hits a hand, then it's a handball. Yeah. Yeah. So if it doesn't hit this, it hits his pure hand. Then he has if, to call if, it. If he hadn't, if he hadn't hit the player, even if yeah, or if he hit the player and the ball end up hitting the hand. That'll be in the handball because according to the rule book, the hand's extended and it's a handball. So it's weird. But I, I, I would have called it. I would have called it, but it, on the rule book, it's actually not incorrect to not call it. Okay. At the end of the day, Pumas didn't deserve to be in the final. Like, let's. <laughs> but I get now, it. But again, if that had been blatant, I get that part. But if that had, because this is not, to me, it's not blatant. It's not that blatant. But if it had been a blatant penalty, you can't argue that because then they, you're actually taking the possibility away. And even though they didn't deserve it, they played well enough at least the end of the season and the Liguilla to deserve true, it. True, true. So yeah. <laughs> I think that argument is just as good as the one of the handle. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because I go, all right, like it's it's hard taking your who you want to go through because I, I like, all right, if, if that was Leon on the Puma side, I'd be so mad. That's a penalty kick, <laughs> right? And then I'm like, but if that wasn't Leon, I'm like, no, no, I could see, I could totally see the ref not calling it. <laughs> like, that was I, just gotta, I just got to one up on that because I'm a Pumas fan. I'm still saying that. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, so we'll see. I mean, uh, I would honestly, I wouldn't, I wouldn't argue that Pumas didn't deserve though. I mean, they, because I know a lot of people said like they ended up in 11th place, but you beat Cruz Azul, you beat America. No, at I'm that point, you game. also. I'm not talking about where they're at. I'm talking about Atlas was better in that game. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Atlas was better in the in the game, in the way they eat at them. That's what I'm like. It's not like, oh my gosh, they were, you know, for, playing. For, for stretches, they are, but that's what's horrible and great about sports, Football. right? Yeah, like, they yeah, were bad yeah. for those 15 minutes. We know. And Pumas almost brought it back. We know as Mexico fans. Yeah, I watch Arsenal lose to Everton today. I know. I, I know. 
I know. <laughs> As we saw. Uh, all right. Well, what happened? What are the predictions? King Ghana. Wait, what about Leon versus Stevens? We didn't talk oh, about that game. We didn't talk about that. <laughs> um, I was I was so shocked. MVP. Uh-huh. I was so shocked that uh, that Leon was hanging on in that in that in the first game. You know, I was like, oh my gosh, Tigres should have been scoring three. Then they came back, and uh, you know, in in Tigres Ginac fashion, at the end and scored that goal, which I would have gone through if because I said a one-one for that game. Because I was like, there's something that Leon has against Tigres. If I feel like every time they face him in Liguilla, it's psychological almost. Ginac just gets in the faces. But what happened? Leon going through. Um, obviously, there's fights and in, in what's happening. But I still think, and I guess I go to you guys, you know, taking Ginac off. And I think Bill Herrera said because of cards, right, that he was taking him off. But taking Ginac off, even with you know, one eye, you still put Jignac in there. You know, when I saw him, I'm like, wow, this is, Piojo's really doing this. But I guess this is where Piojo becomes a savior if he takes him off and they score, or, you know, he's the villain and, you know, you can fault his decision. So, uh, I think the best team is, is in the league again. Uh, I mean, in, in the final, but I, uh, Tigres was definitely in the running. I mean, it was pretty even. I I think I except for the first leg. I think the first leg Tigres did not. Yeah, no, for sure. Took, took, took advantage, but again, the, to me, that's still part of the sport, and it had nothing to do with how Piojo set it up, or you know, sometimes execution isn't there. And then on the decisions for the second leg, it, it, every time I every time I analyze that, I always say like, it's really easy to you know criticize with the newspaper the next day. Yeah. Um, hindsight's always twenty twenty, and to say like, oh, it didn't work. Yeah, but if it had worked, you wouldn't have it. Exactly. This. So, yeah. yes, you could you could argue that you should not, for as a general rule, take out your best okay. player for a card. It's better to you know risk it and and secure the win. But if it works out, then then oh, but not was, only you took that out, was a master. Yeah. That was a masterful move. Exactly. Not only did he took out, he went super defensive. I mean, there's already a lot of five. With three, you know, it's like he, yeah. he, he knew what, in Piojo style, he knew what he wanted to accomplish to save that score. And, uh, but you have players like Mena, you have players, you have Leon, who's going to continue to go at home too. And, and it was also the, the mistakes that they did, especially in the ball coming out, because I think both times it both came from a play where they lost concentration. And that mm. to me is a very Piojo Herrera problem. Because the first one, I think. The goal comes from Ulises Davila, oh, not Ulises, uh, Victor Davila fall, uh, falling on the, on the ground for a penalty. They don't give it. They don't give it, and then kind of Tigres slept on, and that's how yeah. they recovered the ball and gave it to Mena. And then on the second one, there's a clash against between Davila and Carlos Salcedo, and Carlos Salcedo decides to stay on the ground like he's injured. And by the time he took to get up and come back, that's when that ball comes on that shot that was deflected and ended up being on the middle, and they were able to get the, the cross off it. Yeah. So to me, it's those you know those lapses also that Tigres sometimes has, and I think they were a little less prominent with Del Tuca Ferretti. I think Del Tuca, being the kind of coach he is, will probably like you know scream at you a lot harder for those kind of things. So they tend to do it. But that's kind of the lapses that sometimes happens, and it happens to these players. That's to me, that's a very Carlos Alcedo play. He gives you a hundred awesome plays, and then he has a lapse like that. And, and you know, unfortunately, because he's a central defender, he goes straight to the score. It goes to that. All right. I know we're already past our prime. What happens? Gingana, 70 years. The Atlas fans, like Amy said, could take a 
What was that in color joke? What did you say? <laughs> oh, yeah. Like that. Uh, that was off the air, though. I said maybe Atlas will finally take a championship photo in color for the first time. Ooh, ooh, that's hard. That's hard. There's a lot of Atlas fans, man. They're so passionate, and there's a ton of Atlas fans. So that yesterday at the Jalisco, I was like, wow, you know, before and after, it's kind of crazy. And then Leon, too. Leon with, with, uh, with the stadium. So uh, 70 years for, um, for Atlas, or is uh, Leon... Becoming the Tigres of this uh Okay, this calm down. First of all, <laughs> relax. Hey, hey, I'm saying. Leon gets the win. I think that's nine, right? That's hmm? Leon's won a Leagues Cup. Tigres still hasn't. So. <laughs> nine stars. <laughs> count them. <laughs> I think uh, it ties Cruz Azul or beats Cruz Azul. No, I think it's tight. Out there. No. You're tight. You're tight. Yeah. Or it takes out Teluk Toluca. Right? No, Toluca has 10. Right, America has 13. Oh, Chivas has 12. Toluca has 10. So has nine. Count. And in this case, Leon will have nine. And they'll be just like Tigres because they will also have a descenso and then come back. Yes, we have a descenso. It's tough times. Uh, so, all right, we'll take to you guys. I'll let Amy go first. <laughs> Amy, who wins? Um, as being someone that fully legs. You don't have to give us as, legs, right? As someone that fully supports you all the time, every day, with my unconditional love, nice. I'm going to go ahead and say congratulations, Atlas, on your colored photo. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think, uh, I think Leon actually takes it, to be honest. All right. Carlos, to you? Uh, I think I think overall I would like Leon to take it just because of the consistency that the team has had ever since they came back from that descenso, uh, what the Martinez has done with the team, the way they work, uh, Ariel Holland proving that, you know, a, a, lot of, a lot of new, th a, a, a lot of new things, a, a lot of new things can actually be implemented and, and they work. So it's kind of like that fusion to make things work. But man, I also love chaos. And can you imagine Cruz Azul and Atlas winning championships back to back? In the same year? No, let's, like, no, no. Look, you have, look, Carlos, you, you're you're one of those people that also follows MLS, so I'm going to say this. No, we're going to allow NYCFC to do the chaos part and win the MLS nah, Cup for the first time. Nah, nah, nah. No, don't give it to Portland. I don't want to see Portland win another trophy. No, you let them do the chaos and then you That's let not them. NYFC is barely a team. Talking about? <laughs> hey, Manchester, they City, Manchester City Little. Why are you hijacking this? Because, he's, because he was about to say he doesn't want your team to win. See, I did you a favor. He's I said I want Leon to win. RSL to but win. you said you also said that you you want. Because <laughs> that's awesome. Never chaos. Are, are, are you boyhood club RSL? <laughs> are you uh, kidding me? Leon, I mean Cruz Azul and Atlas back to back. That's crazy. Jesus. Back to back. It's not only it's not only it, them winning. Back to back. I know. But Atl Atlas was in a final like 90, 90, 20, 22, 22 years, years ago. ago. Twenty two years. Yeah. I don't even remember that. 22 years ago, Atlas was the last final. With that, like, golden generation with Cepeda, Osorno, Mario Mendes, Diego Coca. Nicholas Murray said 70 years. That's even that's older even than old. me. That's older than everybody. I don't think anybody remembers that I don't at all. I know a sports commentator that could tell you that so Atlas wins. <laughs> I was there. Like Jose Ramon? No? I think Jose Ramon was probably, like, three, Two? four when that happened. There. I was like, like yeah, like, anybody remember... A sports commentator, that'd be kind of crazy. You, you give him well, props. you know, you know, who's probably somebody who saw it, and, and I'm gonna take it an opportunity to send a shout out to him. Uh, El Pato Aesa, who is a player from Necaxa from the 60s, he was actually he played that night that Necaxa beat Santos de Brasil in, mm -hmm. in the Estadio uh, against Pele. 
uh, I talked to him today. He's, he's, it's his birthday. Uh, he happens to be my godfather, too. And he probably saw Atlas win that back then because he turned 84 <laughs> today. So I'm like, you're 14 years old. You're almost coming up through the ranks of the castle when that happened. So that's the only person I know that actually saw Atlas win. My, uh, my mom's grandfather, so my great-grandfather, he's since passed away for a very long time. He was an Atlas fan. So that is the only... That is the only past person. I go, but was he an Atlas fan back then? <laughs> no, yeah, he's. I mean, he was always an Atlas. So that's the only thing where I go. If there's like something that will be nice about Atlas winning, it'll be I'll, wherever he exists in the universe with the particles. You know, he, he might obviously. Enjoy that. I, I obviously want Leon to win because yeah, Leon, my team. But Atlas wins. I pick, I'm like, cool. Like it's finally. I don't it's think anybody would anybody re besides if you're a Chivas fan? Chivas fans. Chivas fans <laughs> would be the only people that would actually really be mad if Atlas wins, right? Yeah. Nobody yeah, else would. Yeah, or, or maybe memes. Or maybe some Pumas out there. Fans, maybe some Pumas fans that are like, no, we don't want Atlas to win. Nobody. I've seen it. No, I've seen it. I've seen a general consensus from Pumas fans. They're like, eh, you won fair and square. Like you, no. you know. You can go got, we got there as the 11th place. <laughs> like, it was like oh, so we achieved a lot. <laughs> That was like that was severe overachieving, and they didn't even beat him. Yeah. They tied them, and they won because they were better during the regular season. Uh, I, just, I I want the if Leon wins, I want I want the text from my aunt, Amy, the one that you know we spend, and she gave us food. And she sends me, hey, oh, the, the lovely wiener dog. Do you know that? Do you know that Leon is is just is getting to the final? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She's gonna send me, hey, Leon just won, just to let you know. So hopefully that happens. All right, well we'll see. Um. I think it's going to be tough, especially the the last leg, Julio Furch. Um, so uh, it's it's definitely up in the air. I think they both could win. Hopefully, obviously, I want Leon to win. But if Atlas does win, I think it would be very happy for uh, Liga Mekis to say that a team like that, 70 years in the making. And uh, all the Atlas fans are going to surpass all the Cruz Azul fans that somehow became – I'm telling you, Atlas, I think, has more fans than, than like a lot of the teams – and they're just going to come up. You're going to see flags everywhere. Like we saw Cruz Azul in the year and like Cruz Azul fans, I think Atlas fans, there's a lot more everywhere. And, it, and it's crazy because uh, Atlas or the Grupo Orlegi in general, they literally just opened two new offices in the US. Mm -hmm. They they trans they moved one into the to LA, the other one's in Texas. And part of that, it's cashing in the fact that there's so many Atlas fans. These will be their PR, like yeah. perfect move. Dream. Like you just started and it's like, and by the way, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Santos final right, and then uh, and then also and also Atlas. So cool. We'll see. We'll see. It's a good win for Charlie. Charlie Football or uh, help us out with the sponsors. So it's cool. There, uh, we'll see that. We'll put my Charlie glasses on. <laughs> Team Charlie. They gave me Team Charlie because they're gonna win. All right. Thank you so much for everybody jumping on, Carlos. One more time. Thank you for for joining us, and we'll see what happens in this game. And Liguilla, uh, we're doing the Aguardados, Amy. Are we going to do the... Uh, you guys fifth, tell me. Sixth, we'll, sixth we'll, annual Aguardados. We'll release it. The awards show that we have. Uh, Cesar is, uh, had a writing assignment. He couldn't jump on, so he'll hopefully be on next week. That about grind. Liga. He's got that grind now. He's got the ESPN job. Adriana uh, at work. And uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Carlos, once again, thank you for joining. Absolutely. Amy, uh, don't yell at me. I think I did okay today, so we are good to go. Hasta la próxima, everybody, for ending this broadcast.